This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Behind home plate, we bringing it to a all day. All day, yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always, yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in, yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now. Here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, and as always, I'm joined by a guy who still wears a mask even while just doing a podcast because he's so nervous, the button lover, Josh Sroka. I think you forgot that I'm in Florida, and there are no masks in Florida. You know what happened today? You is, forgot your mask? No, though I, 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 I wore my mask yesterday. I, uh, I went out with my wife, and we just stopped and got gas, and I went inside the gas station, and I put she, she gave me a mask, and I put right. it on. And then I got back, and she, was told, me, she told me I was wearing it uh, backwards, or um, inside down. out. Inside out. I and guess inside. I didn't know there was an outside and inside. I don't know. Mine does not. My okay. masks, I have like a 10-pack of like just fabric math, maths. And uh, they like they're not elastic or anything. They're just one piece of fabric. Like they look like it was cut out of a T-shirt or something. Mm-hmm. And it's got ear holes, and they're great. I like them. But uh, yeah, there's no upside down or inside yeah. out. No, these are more official medical masks. There's like a white side and a blue side. And I guess. I mean, I got my I got my big uh, glass the, like welder thing as well. Yeah. yeah, I got that too. But yeah, I just it, had a meeting. Um, about I'm teaching a, a college course next semester, right? And one of the possibilities is like teacher in a in one of those water masks. It's like I don't know how I feel about that teaching with that on. <laughs> They're gonna do that rather than Zoom. How close are you? Isn't the teacher like the safest person there? Because isn't the teacher like ten feet away from the students? Yeah, but I guess I mean the teacher's gonna be talking the most, and I guess that's when the particles. Emerge why don't they put you in a box when you? Talk. Like, why don't they do like a like put you in like a cage, like a zoo, and just like a big plexiglass wall between you and the students? Yeah, that, that's I what would, they should do for high school. For high school, I would definitely like that. For high school, I would like to put my some of my students in a little plexiglass well, cage. Yeah, for high school, that sounds like you could use that virus or no virus. That that yeah. would be helpful. Yeah, that would be helpful, especially if it's, you can make those soundproof. There no. Uh, they're starting to have the conversation down here about for the kids going back to school in the fall of going to school two days a week and then virtual school one day a week. Really? Yeah. That surprised me. See, they, I hear a story like that, Josh, from Florida, and I think we'll never set foot in school again because well, Florida's just, supposed to be open things. Like, well, I'm surprised that Florida's has. I know. To. This but isn't I, the governor. This must be the no. This is the our superintendent county. of education. John's county. Our county thing. Yeah. Uh yeah, where there, I saw something and it's like A day, B day, depending on what your day is, is what days you go to school. Yeah. And then it's like Tuesdays and Thursdays, you would go in class. The other days you would be virtual. I don't know. It's tricky. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they said, the meeting for this college. They don't want more, like in a, in a traditional classroom, there can't be more than seven kids in it at one time to keep the spacing. And I have like 14 kids in my class. So I mean, doing it every other week, meet, meet, meeting with kids. And doing the rest online. So, yeah. Uh, but no, t- today for the first time ever, I accidentally, I didn't even think about it. I had a guy come over here and cut down my trees. I had some trees cut down. 
And when you hand a guy a check for a lot of money to cut down trees, I don't know why it's so expensive to take a saw and chop down a tree. Yeah, hand it. You didn't put it on the table, take three steps back and say, there you go? No, I hand it to him. And then what's worse, Josh, right after, just without thinking, I shook his hand. I shook, shook someone's hand. hand. I shook someone's hand this week too. I was aghast after I did it. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what did I just do?" I immediately ran inside and like scrubbed did, my hands for twenty minutes. I sang did, "Happy Birthday" so many times. Did the other person say anything? No, he was like, no, he, and he he initiated the handshake too. That see, that's what happens. If I he didn't initiate good, it, I probably wouldn't have put it out there. I've been very good at not initiating, yeah. but then it's awkward because the, when they put their hand out. I do the same thing. I shake their hand, and then I, it's like as soon as our hands touch, I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. I yeah. I, yeah. The moment our hands touch. And then I'm like, well, if this guy is the guy who initiated shaking hands, that means he's initiating shaking hands with everyone. Yeah. Out exactly. there. So I immediately then – thankfully, it's always been on goodbyes. Like I've been real good with the put my hands up, like hello and awkward. Yeah. It's always the goodbyes. That's right. That's all I have so, goodbyes. So then I, the goodbyes is when I can go straight to my Lysol and start chugging it. Yeah. Well, that's that's a smart move because yeah, he did not shudder at my touch. Okay, <laughs> right? Because I, I shuddered. I shuddered at his touch. He did not shudder at my touch at all. Yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, no. He's used to that. Plus, yeah. but at least he's out. At least you were outside and I had all that covered. Yeah, yeah. We were all outside. We talked for a while, but we weren't that close. We're not close talkers. I'm not a close talker in general. No. I believe what you're supposed to do is spray paint a big circle around the tree, and then you don't go in that circle, and he goes in that circle. Yeah. What happens when they take down the tree, though? You gotta draw another circle. Yeah, at least uh, that's what I'm seeing on TV. A bunch of circles. Yeah, they got these stump grinders too. You ever see these stump grinders? All remote yes. control. You ever see a remote control stump grinder? No, I've used a stump grinder where you push it out there and then you start it up and you tip it yeah. down and up and this down guy, and up. This guy must be doing social distancing with stump grinder. This guy was ten feet away with a remote control grinding the whole stump. That's couldn't that cool. kill? Couldn't that kill someone? Like Why? it doesn't seem like because it's like. That's like one of the robots you don't want to like. Oh come yeah, alive that's and a big kill you. It got a big like eight foot blade on it or something. Right, like have you seen the uh, remote? Con- I've seen remote control lawnmowers, and I always wonder how many gophers they just take off. Hmm. Yeah, so. it's true. I, I had a snake with my lawnmower the other day. I felt a little bit bad. Right. I you don't know. The, know. I, I always I, remember cutting the grass as a kid, and the concern was always big rocks because those blades would oh, grab yeah. that rock and just shoot it across the yard. Oh, yeah, I know. So but now I I, they've made them better since then. Well, I got this ride mower. I don't care. Just kids watch out. Uh, rocks right. could be flying. Let it fly. Yeah. I used to um, – I guess my, my, my biggest concern out there with, with mowing is when I pushed it, about two years ago when I was doing a push mower, um, I went over one of these underground beehives. You ever go one of these, over one of these underground beehives? Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it was a terrible experience. It was a whole burbs, the burb situation. Yeah, you don't Riding want... by the hose, rolling on the ground. Someone squirted me down. Emily, get the hose! Rolling around the ground, getting squirted off. Disaster. Yeah, we've got – the problem we've got down here are fire ants. And there's fire ants everywhere, so you got to be careful. Like, I don't wear shoes a lot. I, I mean, I wear shoes to work, but when I'm at home, I don't really wear shoes. And i got to be careful when I'm out in the lawn. I get these stupid ants bite me all the time. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I know. A, I know a thing or two about biting ants. Um, no, Judge, but this coronavirus, and we're going to get some Orioles talk. I got some views on that. I've had some time to reflect on the draft for the Orioles, and so I want to talk about that. And we'll talk about right. the, the the new proposal for for the season. Yeah, the fact that we again might have baseball. When you and I talked this weekend, it was like, oh, we're going to have a year without baseball. And now we've got an opportunity again, maybe. Yeah, but we always start the show with kind of some some kind of um, COVID update. And if you don't like our COVID updates, just, you know, fast forward five minutes, but the, or put it on times two speed. But, um, do you listen to podcasts, Josh, on, on regular speed 1.5 or two? What's your listen to podcast speed? I listen, I listen on, uh, I listen on regular speed. Oh, do you really? I don't like, I listen to podcasts and audiobooks on regular speed. I audiobooks on regular speed? Half speed? Yeah. Oh my yep. gosh. No. Podcast 1.5, some podcasts 1.0, some podcasts 2.0, but most 1.5. Audiobooks at minimum 1.5, sometimes 2, 2.0. Well, are you listening to audiobooks for information, to learn, or for entertainment? Usually entertainment. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. Then I don't mind. Like when I, there's a difference between a fiction book and a nonfiction book yeah. on audio. Yes, yeah, that's and, true. So I I will speed up the occasional nonfiction book. Oh, you'll speed up the nonfiction book. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. the fiction book, it's like sitting back and watching a movie. I wanna, I wanna enjoy the guy's voices and. Okay. Uh, how he says things. The audio, the nonfiction. I'm just trying to learn something. Okay. So I, I'm just trying to take all that in. But I, I also should, have yeah. spent a lot more time in the car than you. Yeah. So I have more time for listening. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It depends what I'm doing too. Like if I can focus on the book, I'll listen to it faster. Where if I'm doing something else, I'll listen to a slower or I'll miss things. Oh, many times I've dazed out and been like, oh, I got to rewind that. Yeah, I do that when reading a book too same thing yep uh but anyway i want to ask you a question about pandemic living i went to i shared this hinted at this a couple weeks ago i went to uh, my first restaurant um down in north carolina i went to cravings restaurant beautiful little restaurant sounds like you're um, getting back life back to normal you went on vacation went to a restaurant yeah i mean that's the only restaurants I've, I've been to but i also went you know back when this whole thing started i went to a local restaurant and got the, the curbside let me ask you a question, Josh. When you get, even when I went to the restaurant, it was like outdoor seating, but you would walk to the window and like order yeah. and then take it to your outside seating. It was yes. different. There was like no waiter or anything. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But let, let me ask you a question about this. If, and I was told by Emily that restaurants are experiencing tough times, which, yeah, they are. No doubt about it. They already are working on thin margins. I'm sure it's really hard for them at this point. Right. Um, she said, you got to leave an extra, a, a, a bigger tip. And I said, Em, I'm walking up to the window, getting the food. They're just cooking it. They're not even doing anything. Why would I leave any tip? And Emily's like, leave a 25% tip. I'm like, why would I leave any tip when I'm going to the window or doing curbside and I'm doing all the work? I'm driving there. There's no server. Yeah. Josh, do you tip curbside? You know, it pickup? depends. Mm, no, not normally. No, I'm trying to think. So I go to, in the past month, I've gone to like fire. I go to a lot of Zaxby's. That's drive through, so I want to tip in a drive through. No, don't I go tip drive through. I go to Firehouse, and they bring it out and hand it to me in my car. I don't tip there. But Mandy and I did. One day, we went out for lunch at a restaurant, a local restaurant that's a mile from our house that we like, a really small restaurant. In fact, we were the only people in there that day. Um, and we sat inside and ate and they served us and it was kind of a, it was a, one of those moments where it was like, okay, this feels normal. And I, re- I remember when life was like this and, uh, we left a hundred percent tip mm. at that time because it's a small local restaurant that we want to support because we know they're having a tough time. So yeah. I guess kind of, yeah, especially when if you're I doing local had service yeah. and it was a local small business, I felt like, yeah, let's do a big tip because yeah. I, I, it's a good time to kind of care for other people right now. Yeah. And we, I mean, Emily and I, it's weird to say, but we've gone and eaten at restaurants and gotten food, I should say, gotten food from restaurants more since this pandemic than we did even before the pandemic. Because we're, I just, I can't do a restaurant with kids. I can't do it. I can't do a restaurant with kids. So, and we always have these kids here. And so, yeah. um, but the carry out is easy with kids. And so have I've been you, actually been doing that more and supporting local restaurants. Have you ever bought a meal for someone else? You know, like where you're in line and you say, I'll get it, I'll pay for that other person too? Uh, no. Okay. I've never done that. I was in a drive through today and I felt like I should pay for the person ahead of me, but I, but I backed off because it was too awkward and I didn't want to say anything. How do you, I guess, is, you, is it possible to pay for someone ahead of you? Like I don't you know. Behind you? That's why I got nervous and didn't ask. And what compelled you to pay for someone ahead of you? The way because they it, was, it was a police officer. And with everything going on now, I was like, oh, it'd probably be nice to buy that guy's meal. Mm. Um, because he's I, about uh, to get blown up on Twitter one day? So. Yeah, cause, <laughs> exactly. Because he, he, could, he could make a left out of that parking lot instead of a right, and suddenly he loses his job. So, but I, I felt awkward. Like, I don't want to sit through the drive through box and be like, yeah, I can, can I pay for that police officer's meal too? And then all the little garbled noise are coming back. Uh, what meal? Did you want a number six? What do you want? And I, so I did not back off. And then I felt guilty that I did not do it after I left. So I just didn't want to, 
I didn't want questions to ask. I wanted to just be like, like if he was behind me, I could have done that at the window. With him in front of me, I felt like I should do it, but it was awkward dealing with the, the robot box. Yeah, that's true. This this whole event has made me um, – I'm more compelled now, and I did it the other day for the first time like in forever, to say, like, thank you for your service. Like, I never would say that. But now, like – What do you I, mean? I, you, wait, you don't say thank you? No, no. no I'm, I'm talking about, like, if you just see a police officer – or a first responder okay, or something, gotcha. just, just walking up and then say, "Hey, I appreciate your service." Like I've yes. never done that before. Okay, but, but I've seen I thought s- you meant like going through the drive-through and no, you're no, like, no, "Now no, I'm no. thanking people for giving me their, my food." No, no, at Chick Fil A, I always thank them. My um, pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> but but the but I've seen so many people tell Emily like, "Thank you for her service as a nurse." That now I feel compelled to go in and <laughs> tell people thank you. Like I was writing an email the other day and I was talking to a student. And she mentioned her, or sorry, a parent. I mentioned her husband is a police officer. And I started the email off saying, hey, thank you for your service. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I don't do that. I should. Yeah. But it, again, it, I avoid awkwardness. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to have a conversation. It's, you know what it is? It's like when I say, what I do say is I have, I say have a nice day all the time. And then it's awkward because the other person will also say have a nice day. And if you don't say it like over top of each other, it's awkward enough. So yeah, I uh, I try to avoid. At least you don't say like oh, I love you or something. No, I have not made that mistake yet. Yeah. So I'm good there. Yeah. All right, let's get this to baseball. Well, first we got this little. Uh, <laughs> we got to do our ad. Okay, fast forward five more minutes. No, no, let's let's do our. No, ad. we want people to we want yes. people to go and don't support fast forward Manscaped. The ads. Yeah, Manscaped. Buy buy something from Manscaped because it helps. Section 336. Remember that whole conversation we had about helping out local businesses? Yes. We are a local podcast. We are a local business. So go help. Go to Manscaped and pick something up for you. Pick something up for your dad. We all know what Manscaped does. Pick something up for your boys. For your boys. Yeah. It's the only brand dedicated to below-waist grooming. And I got a new Manscaped product today. I got the nose and ear trimmer. Ah, The weed whacker. That's above the waist. Yeah. That is... Yes, that is normally above the waist, and it's way better than the one that I randomly bought on Amazon as I'm getting old. Yeah. So go on over to manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIRDLAM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BIRDLAM. It's dad's bod season, and it's time to get smooth. You know, I forgot to mention, I saw... I saw the Zany Burt Roadie this weekend. Uh, I, I did too. Okay. Well, I saw him yesterday. I, I tried to give him my, my free Manscaped shirt that says, Your balls will thank you. Yes. And did he, he would not you? take it. No, he would not take it. I should have, so, if I'd have known that, I would have brought my. I should have told you. Shirt yeah. <laughs> if, I knew, if I knew that you were going to see him, I would have told you to try to pass on the same t shirt. So he said, No, thank you. And then my balls continued to thank me. So. There you go. All right, you uh, want to get into some baseball? Yeah, do, I go, do, I do. do we want to go Orioles draft, or do we want to go that we might actually have a season? No, no, let's start Orioles draft. All right, I was thinking about this. I went through so many um, moods, so many mood swings, um, trying to so many emotions as I tried to deal with this. My first response. There's, there's a lot of hate out there. Yeah, my first response. I'll get to some of that in a second. I got some quotes. But my first response, you know, to draft and curse that over Martin was that of shock, like many other people. And then I went and then I was was angry when I watched the rest of the draft as they drafted people I never heard of or really <laughs> like I never heard of any of the players anyway. But as they drafted players who were not highly ranked by other people, um, as they couldn't get the Bisco guy or they didn't get Kelly, the other top high school pitcher. And I was I was angry. And then I saw everyone else's reaction on Twitter, and I was like, this is over-the-top ridiculous. Like, people questioning Mike Elias based on one draft is moronic. Um, the, the fact that he's done more for us as a rebuild already with international signing and player development than, than, the, than the GM did 10 years you know, before him, 10 years combined. So that, I thought that was over-the-top ridiculous. And then I started thinking more about it, and I started to listen to people. And it was clear 
And I started like to read websites and listen to podcasts. And it was clear that there was not a consensus opinion on how the Orioles did. Right? Like right. some people said, Jim Callis, for example, um, said the Orioles did very well. Right? He said, um, um, here's a quote from, he talked about it. And he, he said this. He said, saving money with Kerstat gave the Orioles enough cash to sign two high schoolers at the end of their draft. Florida third baseman Kobe Mayo, who offers a lot of raw power and arm strength, a projectable Iowa, I, 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 Iowa right-hander Carter Baumler, who could have three solid or better pitchers once fully developed. Um, in between, they took three college position players. And, you know, he had a lot of good things to say about it. Um, Keith Law was really down on the first pick. Here's a shocker. Keith Law did not love the Orioles draft. <laughs> right. I um, wonder why. Yeah. Did he uh, make up his mind before the Orioles even drafted? Yeah, probably. Fan, fan graphs, that's what I was like. Keith Law had Martin as his number one pick. And I was like, as the number one prospect on the board. And I said, if the Orioles draft Martin, he's going to think Martin's a terrible player. Yeah. But, but no. Um, but fan graphs, Eric Loggenhagen said, I think Baltimore crushed it. Cutting a deal with Kerstad at two enabled them to scoop up good high school, good, good high schoolers, Kobe Mayo, um, and Carter and Baumler. Baumler near and the Baumler end of the draft. Baumler is an exciting guy. Yeah, and he also said, and Loggenhagen thinks that Anthony Servideo's 2020 breakout is for real. So he liked that that pick as well. Um, so it was. I mean, if you, I've read a bunch of these, and the majority are negative, but there's right. enough smart people like Fangraphs. Saying that we did well, and Jim Callis, there's not smart people saying we also also did well. So after all this and thinking about it more, like what we did is we drafted, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but we drafted a bunch of college hitters, and then in the le- in the fourth and fifth round, we went for a couple of high schoolers, which makes perfect sense when you only have five rounds, so you want to make sure you hit on those early rounds. It also makes sense in that in, in, in the fact that if you're Michael Elias, you've built up this whole data analysis kind of department to analyze the data um, as you're drafting. And so it makes sense that you'll pick guys with more data because college players have a lot more data than high schoolers who didn't even get to play their senior year. So you have a lot more data on these college players. So it makes sense that you went with them. And honestly, picking a college hitter who you know can hit above a high school projectable pitcher kind of makes sense i mean at first i was mad about it but like how many high schooler pitchers or even like um um just college pitchers just pitchers in general have we drafted in the first now round and then them not worked out right right um, even, i mean go back to anime fail the whole grow the arms by the bats yeah i heard people try Didn't to work. argue i hear people try to argue that that worked and that that's why we were competitive for those uh, 2012 and on years is because of Grow the Arms. And then they went on to point to Zach Britton and Brian Mattis and, and Kevin Galsman and uh, all those guys. It didn't work. Growing the Arms didn't work. If yeah, you, say, if you yeah. say Zach Britton worked, it didn't. He was supposed to be a starter. Right. He works the same way that Hunter Harvey's working. Yeah, Hunter Harvey exactly. drafted first round out of high school. Um, supposed to be a stud starter, and now he's going to be a hopefully a stud closer. Right, but it's, it's you're not going to you're not going to compete by drafting a bunch of Hunter Harveys. You need no, starting it, pitchers. Right, right. You you can't say someone was a success because he's a failed starter that became a good closer and right. worked out for you. It doesn't help if you had Zach Britton the starter. Guess what? He wouldn't have been sitting in that bullpen waiting. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot I, of... I mean, and Jake Arrieta was successful, but by the time he was successful, right. he was shipped out. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So you didn't develop him as successfully. Someone else did. Yeah. So it makes sense, especially in a five-round draft, that the Orioles went with players that they had more of a track record. It makes sense they went with hitters because there's less risk, and you, you're trying to say risk-averse, especially in, in, in a short draft. Um, so all and, in all, it, it, I think it made sense. And you got to remember, we have a lot of pitching in our farm system already. Yeah. Our higher ranked guys are farm or uh, in the farm system are pitchers. Yeah, um, a lot of I people say that this draft will be judged by Kerstat, but Josh, this team will be judged less by Kerstat, more. I mean, the 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 question really is: Can Grayson Rodriguez or DL Hall emerge 
as a number one starter. Because if yeah. one of those emerges as an ace, maybe I think Grayson has a better chance for it. If Grayson Rodriguez emerges as an ace, then John means 2023 we're in the World Series. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is your number one. John Means is your number two. D.L. Hall is number three. Then all of a sudden, you just have to fill in a four and five. And you can... <laughs> you can find a four and five. You can find a four and five, uh, a fourth and fifth starter. So really, Grayson Rodriguez is the key to this team's success. And D.L. Hall is the team's success. Less so than Kerstad. But the yeah. key to this draft will be Kerstad. Sure, sure. Maybe. I don't know. I guess. But I, I'm... Very impressed by this Carter Balmer kid that they got. And they totally, by uh, saving money in the beginning, were able, to, were able to get this guy to the point that he says he's signing with the Orioles. Yep. Um, I like both the when, high schoolers. May, Mayo, too, seems to have a big bat. Right. A lot of may, people made the Ryan Matt Council comparisons. Yeah. I like but it. This, yeah. But this Balmer kid, was, he was ranked on MLB.com as number 102 prospect. Yeah. But everyone overlooked him. Because they said, oh, well, he's going to college. He's going right. to TCU. Right. The Orioles, with that extra money, had convinced him to come to Baltimore. That's huge. Yep. And, and a round five guy like that, it's not an immediate help. It is telling that he drafted a whole bunch of college guys because we don't want to wait forever. These are guys we can get up into the system faster. Um, I and like I would that. say less chance of busting, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're proven. Lower floors. Yeah. College is at least a little more proven, yeah. uh, even with this out this past spring season. But I like that you said that Fangraphs entertained and liked this draft a lot. Because Crushed I think, it, they said. I think Crushed the, it. Yeah, I think the Orioles – we've been dealing with this for years where people hate the Orioles yeah. because of Peter Angelos, and they judge everything harshly that the Orioles do. Yep. So I, I don't know. I was – as soon as the Orioles drafted someone – that was a surprise. I knew people were going to hate this draft. It didn't matter, right? And people—it's it's not like college college football where people. A lot of people watch college football. People don't right. watch college baseball, <laughs> and no. so even people criticizing they, are only criticizing because Martin was higher up on these other people's boards. Right. Most of the people cheering for Adley Rushman to be picked by the Orioles last year had never seen Adley Rushman play. Yeah. Yeah, the only time I saw him play was on highlights when they walked him with the bases loaded. And just watching video highlights on Twitter. Yeah. But never I mean, once yeah, sat down to watch a game. Yeah. No. No. And yeah. Is it uh no, and if we're just watching highlights, I that uh was it Haskin or Kirsten? Which one has the highlight of him sitting it hitting it to deep center field in uh like Cincinnati or something? Uh, it might be Haskins. Uh, that might that might have been Haskins, yeah. where he just looked like a, a bomb. How he, he was crushing the ball. Yeah. So well, I'm all, I mean, we definitely focused on power, right? We yes. got some some power hitting hitting guys, um, which I like. Yeah, especially when they're young guys. So you're gonna it's gonna be those are the type of guys you want to see get him into a major league uh, trainer room, get him on the weights, and and you get that power up even more. You get him with a prop with a professional hitting coach. And hopefully the strikes go down. And I don't know. I'm very happy with the draft. I have no issues with this draft. I trust the process. I also have no choice but to trust the process. Uh, and I'm tired of complaining about the Orioles making stupid moves. So I'm going to believe in these moves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think everything that Michael Elias has done so far, more active in the national market, the improvement we've seen in the pitching – um, I think has has you know has made us optimistic that 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 we kind of kind of kind of can trust them. And and to your point about Fangraphs, Josh, I mean, if people hated Dan Dan Duquette, nerds hated Dan Duquette because he was old school. I think the nerds, right, like Mike Elias, because along with Sig, my Dell's still there. Don't, don't don't forget about him, Sig. And so I think the nerds are more prone to like Sig, my Dell, Mike Elias, because he takes this real analytical approach yeah. to things and kind of right, see exactly approach exactly for all this talk that the orioles need to get with the times and do analytics Fangraphs is the biggest site for that and maybe we shouldn't be be shocked because what did the orioles do they drafted guys who have high power rate um cursed that high on base rate but a high strikeout rate 
right? And this is what we complain about the new way of baseball in that the, the three outcome option, right? The home run, the strikeout, or the walk. Um, and that's what we got. We, we, we got Kerstad, who's a home run, strikeout, or walk kind of guy, which is, I think, in keeping with Michael Elias' philosophy. Sure. Now, Fangraphs, isn't Fangraphs the home of uh, Dan Zerbisky now? Is it? I, he goes back and forth between ESPN and Fangraphs, and I, I don't okay. know. I don't know where I was, he ever. I he like trying. writes for both. I don't know which side he falls. All on. right, I was trying to pull it up now, and uh, because you know he's a, a uh, we've gone over this that he is a former Oriole fan now an Oriole hater. Yeah, because we didn't go after. Um, I don't right. know why I can't even, I remember his name. The so he the Angels did, hitter and pitcher. Yeah, so he did not like the Orioles draft. He said this was a largely a throw things at the wall and see what sticks season yeah. for the Orioles. Yeah, he's a uh, bitter, he's an embittered Orioles fan. And hey, we, I mean, you got good reason to be skeptical and bitter of the of Orioles fan of of the Orioles. I, I get it. I know our history. The diminished amateur draft and its budget and lack of minor league season will result in Baltimore answering none of the myriad of unanswered questions. So. He's just more hatred. A lost development year arguably hurts the Orioles more than a team of established veterans. And yeah, I we, think we'll agree with that. We totally. talked about that, yeah, a lot. And uh, we completely agree. Yeah. I mean, so we, I guess I, I was clicking on that. I clicked on the wrong article. He did not write negative about their draft, just negative that the Orioles are hurt most by this weird season. Yeah. So yeah. that's not total hatred. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, we talked about it. If you, if you, if you picked guys for me to watch – on the Orioles this year, like my top guys are Rutschman and Rodriguez and Hall. I don't care about watching some of these major leaguers yeah, as much as they totally. care about watching the minor leaguers. I agree. Um, but Josh, we're going to get to see some major leaguers at some point this year, right? Done deal. I guess it depends kind of, what, what tweet you read. I mean, I was just excited that today. John Heyman says it's done deal. It, I mean, it sounds close to done. It was very weird. At first, I was excited to see that. Um, Rob Manfred and uh, what's the other guy? Who's the player? Tony Clark. Guy? Tony Clark. That they finally met in person. Like after months of this, they finally met in person, which Something, I don't understand. It should have happened in March. It should have happened in March. It, we're not talking about getting 10, 12, 15 people together. Talking one-on-one. You should have done this in March over Zoom. Everyone was using Zoom for work, and baseball could not figure out a way to use Zoom or Skype or something for work or a phone call. I can't believe these, that they were doing it via email. And an email that it's like, oh, I'm not. I'm only going to respond once a week. It's this like, is, are we even like, sure that went over email and wasn't uh, mailed through the post office? Yeah, this it is the, so this is the equivalent of some. I don't know what is it, uh, a horse. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name too. What, what, the, the Pony what, Express. The yeah, Pony Express. Exactly. This is the Pony Express right here. I don't know. The Pony Express probably would have been faster. This is more like pigeons or something. So, uh, but finally, the two of them got together. And did you see the statement that came out of them getting together? It was such a weird statement yeah. that they released afterwards. Did you see this? I, I I I glanced at it. I didn't look. I didn't analyze it. Oh, all right. I'll find it a little bit. But anyway. Um, they're closing in an agreement. It was just a, they put out this weird quote about how they're kind of met and they're a, they've got a structural partial right. agreement that could build to maybe lead towards an agreement. Yes. It was something really weird. So now all the rumors are coming out. So people are leaking to uh, reporters. So according to Ken Rosenthal and uh, Bob Nightingale, if they plan to compete their negotiation by Friday, which would be fast. That would be fast. Meet on Wednesday, make a decision by Friday. I don't think it would be that hard, though. To, no. I mean, we know what's at the table here. We know the right. situation. So players would report for, to spring training 2.0 on Jan, by, January, by June 29th and get three weeks of spring training. And the regular season would start on July 19th. It would be 60 games. It would last 70 days. The players would get their full prorated salary with expanded playoffs for this year and next year. And then the, what the Major League Baseball gets is the players waive any potential grievances. So, I, uh, heard, I heard the spring training will take place in home cities. I think, that, I think that's up to the team, okay. but it would make sense. 
to just have it at Camden Yard. You're going to get better weather for spring training at Camden Yards than 105 degrees Sarasota. Yeah, and less, I don't know, less moving people around from there to there to there, right? Um, I don't know about that. Sure, you yeah. got to take everybody down to Florida, then take them back to Baltimore for the for, for the start of the season. Why don't you okay, in Baltimore? All right, sure. All right, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a big deal. One team flight that goes from Florida to Baltimore. Josh, I'm a little bit concerned though. That I tell you what, I thought, and maybe I'm naive. I thought that the whole COVID thing at this point would be pretty much gone. But we see in places, in some places. It's actually rising and well, not going down. Um, and uh, and it's, within this talk, we're really kind of ignoring the elephant in the room, with this, which is coronavirus. That's what this whole thing was about. It right. wasn't about money initially. It was about coronavirus. Now leagues aren't playing because NBA and the Black Lives Matter well, movement and now the, the money yeah. thing. But the coronavirus was the reason we weren't playing, right? Yeah. And it's something where they're just going to test. I think, But I think also at the, this whole time we've been hearing from all the – Dr. Uh, what's it, Dr. Fauci and all that testing is the most important thing and testing, 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 testing. And we are at a point with tests that anyone can go get a test anytime you want. So all these players will get tested constantly and regularly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But what happens when they once, test positive? Then they're, then they're out. They got to step aside for two weeks. What if, what if, you know, it's, it's like you're, you're in the clubhouse. Do you see how these flu spread? Know, One guy but, and what happens if 10 guys now have it on team? I, you I don't, don't play with those that, ten guys for two no, weeks. Well, that's what that's what you're gonna. Ha- yes, that's what you're gonna have to do. That's what you got this taxi squad for. We've seen it before with the flu, where the flu hits and goes through a locker room. Um, the good thing is that these are young guys. These guys are younger than us. Uh, it it's not supposed to impact young people as much. Mm-hmm. So I think we've I think we've also learned a lot about the coronavirus. As much as we still don't know about it, we have learned a lot since the beginning of March when we shut everything down. So I think, yeah, I think okay, it doesn't it kind of fit the fact it kind of just fits with America where we see some numbers going up, but we're all just still like we got to get back to work. Yes, and we're, things are opening up. Yeah, I just think, and I agree with you that these are healthy young men, and and it, it'll be okay. But I just think the reaction. From fans and media. It could look bad, yes. When you have five, six guys who have it on a single team, I think it's going to be calls for to, to shut down the season down. I think that's going to be the call. And I, I'm just curious to see what will happen. And I think that's what that line is about the players can't file any grievances. Yeah. I think that's what's, that is what that's about because uh, Major League Baseball is worried about having the World Series in October, November. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, because that's when your people are saying whatever round round two. Yeah, or whatever they're calling it's yeah. going to happen in November when you hit flu season again and people go back indoors. I and but I also I want baseball yeah, back. I do too. And we and we're seeing we're seeing it work out in Korea and Japan. They're both playing baseball now. Yeah. So let's bring baseball back here. But you saw the numbers in China. It's rising again in China now again. I know. I, and I, I don't. Just, but, and, I, and if we don't play baseball right now, Josh, I'm afraid. Like I don't think I don't think I think we're at the point where I, no league wants to be the first league to do it now. Like I don't I don't think like I, I, someone I think, needs to go out there and do it. I want baseball to go out and do it, and then I think other leagues will feel comfortable doing it and yes. dealing with dealing with a player getting coronavirus and, Base, and 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 surviving that. Baseball going back is as important to football as it is to baseball. I think it is. So yes, and that's where it's like we got to do it because and, if baseball doesn't play again. And the numbers continue to rise when you get into August and September. I'm going to be concerned about football. Yeah, sure. And I don't. I yeah. I don't know. I think there's so much mixed messages out right now about the coronavirus that it's hard to know anything. I mean, it's been this way since the beginning. But even now, where things are going back, and we're encouraging to go back to work. Well, that's what these baseball players are trying to do: is go back to work. Yeah. And we got to do tests like this. We got to get people out. It's going to be interesting to see how things go with the coronavirus over the next uh, week, two weeks, three weeks with all the protests to see what happens when you get a bunch of large crowds, because that's a great test for these large organizations that want to get people together, but no one wants to be the first. Suddenly we had society decide to just be its first on its own and be a big test case. 
Well, I saw even there was a bump like, a few days ago, and there was a debate whether it was Memorial Day, people going outside, or whether it was the protest. So I, I think even when we see bumps, I think yes. there's going to be debate on the origins. Well, there's, but yeah. And there's always debates. And like, and again, it's whenever you turn the news on, because like, Mondays are always big, because for some reason we're in 2020 and people cannot report week numbers on weekends. Yeah. Like suddenly they shut all their computers off on the weekends. But people will use that for their, to get the agenda to say, hey, we got to shut everything down. Yeah. Uh, we had a restaurant down here in Jacksonville where uh, it made headlines because 14 people went to the restaurant and got the coronavirus. So now the restaurant shut down. Then you go in and you look into the story more and you find out that it was 14 friends that went out for a party and all ate at the restaurant together. But they were all sitting at the same table together, all close together as one big family. So that doesn't scare me as much as you just happen to go past a restaurant and you get the coronavirus, you know? Yeah. And like looking at, I mean, I just have a myopic view on this on Maryland. And every day I look at the numbers of hospitalizations and every day for the past month, down, 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 down. I mean, we're down to 700 yes. hospitalizations, which is incredible because, you know, just a month ago we were like 1,500. So we're just... We're going down, 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 down. So and things, Florida's and people are being smarter. And Florida, well, Florida's doing the same thing yeah. where hospitalizations are going down, but that's not the story that you see up in Maryland when you turn on uh, TV or news or internet. It says Florida cases are going up because yeah, cases are going up, but hospitalizations are still steady and going down. So it's all distorted facts, and you just believe who you want to believe. Can can I say something else about the baseball season though? This whole argument. Like, am I right in this? That this whole argument for a while now has, has been about how many games to play, right? Where the because owners are the, like, yes, 50 games and we'll pay you your full salary for those 50 games. Right. Um, and players are like, we want to play 80 games at, at our full salary, our prorated right. salary, whatever. Right. And this is – so essentially this argument for weeks has been about 30 games. 30 games. Yeah. Josh. Can you imagine? We're talking about thirty games. This huge disagreement going on for weeks. Next year, they got to write oh. a whole new CBA. How are you? Gonna, you can't agree on thirty games. How are you going to write a whole new CBA? And that's, that's going to be a disaster. And that's where I think the players really blew this, because the players could have gave in and took a loss this season, and then you go to the CBA and say, "Hey guys, remember how we took that hit for you last year?" Yeah. Instead, they are bitter at each other now, which means they're going to – the CBA is going to be a mess. Yeah. Like, let's enjoy these, whatever, 60 games because who knows about next year. Yep. And, and not to mention, none of this touches on the biggest issue, I think, in baseball right now in terms of finances and just biggest issue in general with baseball. And that's the pay of the minor leaguers and the contracts the minor, of, the, of the minor leaguers yeah. and how yep. – my whole – if I could change one thing about baseball right now, I would get rid of this whole starting the clock. And I would right. say let the young players play. I would say from the moment you're drafted, if you're a college player, you got like six years or seven years with that team. High school, you're getting eight, eight or nine years with, with that team. That's what I – yeah. And then – so that would encourage us to see Adley Rushman in the majors. You know, I think hold you, him back for this fake the clock thing. And I think you, you, player, you young players get paid more. I think you set an age. Yeah. And 26 years old – you're you're automatically a whatever a free agent or whatever. Yeah. So the team is incentivized to get the most out of you yeah. for your major you roster for that. But but yeah. but the thing that the and this is where the union kind of it's it's unfortunate the minor leaguers are not part of the union at all. So they right. like have no voice in this, and so it's easy to screw them, and they care more about the veterans getting paid um, than, well, than they do about these young players. So and that, but that's and what we need to that, figure out in the CBA. And that was part of my – that was, again, a frustrating thing and why I kind of sided, sided with the owners a lot This with this frustration is because the players that were all outspoken were the guys like Max Scherzer who wants his full money. And he's got plenty of money. Yeah. How about the guys – like even a guy like Trey Mancini who's only making $3 million, or the guy making less than a million a year. He wants to get out there and play, and it always has to be about the big guys who are making all the money that don't need the money. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the frustrating thing is, I don't even think this is about money, right? This is about principle, right? This is about we, we feel that we should get paid, 
you know, you know, 100% of our salary for the amount of games we get played. I mean, it's really not about the difference between a million dollars. Like, that's not really what it's about. It's about kind of the, the principle of the matter, which is so yeah. dumb. Like, just, guys, t- take an L and let's just play, play, play the season. Especially when in six months you can use that L to your advantage. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I mean, I'm not taking sides there. It's like when Republicans and Democrats need, need to pass a bill and they can't. Like, I, ne- I, I, don't, I don't know how you blame the Republicans or Democrats. You just say everyone in Congress is a bunch of knuckleheads. Like, get something done. That's how I feel like this. I feel like it's Democrats and Republicans. Like, I don't care who started your wrong, Democrats or Republicans. Like, just get a deal done or you both are dead to me. Like, let's so, I'm seeing on, yeah, so I'm seeing on Twitter now that also part of the agreement is to use the DH in the National League for 2020 and 2021. Hmm. I mean, if you're doing it in 20, why would you add it to 2021? Well, the Unless, playoffs too. Everything's being added in yeah. 2021. Yeah, but why? So the does that? I guess does that mean the players want the DH for those older veteran guys? I mean, why would you? I think we're done with pitchers batting. Yeah, I think There's we're not, done too. By the time you get to the CBA, you're just going to make it permanent. Get rid of that rule. DH in both leagues. How do you feel? Which I about, don't have a problem with. Yeah, I'm pro DH in both leagues. How do you feel like about the, the 16 team playoffs? I love it. I Great. hate it. Okay, I think it's terrible. Why? Josh, there's 30 teams in baseball, right? Is that right? I know. 30? Yeah, this but is this is over what, this 50% is... of teams make the playoffs. That's trash. But this is what the NFL does. It's what the NBA does. And it's trash. And the NHL. And it's trash. I just want It's a money grab. And it's It's trash. It's totally a money grab. I just... The only difference I see is that I would hope that... uh, Maybe not. I was going to say the NBA has kind of refocused where you only care about the playoffs because of this. And I hope that with the amount of games Major League Baseball plays that it doesn't get to that point. But that's the thing, but, right? That, like, the season, if you can't get in the top 10 out of a 162-game season, then maybe you're just not good enough to make the playoffs. How about that? 16 teams. You're, you're going to have a team get in there, like, 10 games under 500. That's a joke. Yeah, I get that. It would be nice to say, like, yeah, there's a certain limit. you got to have this many wins. Or you, uh, or you can't be in it, or you like you need a certain number of wins to be in the playoffs. I really and if you like. Don't get to those the, wins, then this year we only have fourteen or twelve. I guess I really like the way it is now. I feel like it's really hard to make the playoffs. So when you make the playoffs, it's like awesome because it's so hard to get in there. And I love the wild card. Like I just liked everything about it, and I, I don't. I hate that they're messing with it. Yeah, I. You know, you could easily convince me that way. I hear what you're saying. I like. I do like that, but I do think about how, like, when we were kids and there was only, like, two divisions, like the East and West, and how it was, like, playoffs were much smaller and all, and I like where we're at right now with the playoffs, so I don't yeah, know. I, do you have to jump to 16? I was, do, I was doing the, just looking at it right now from last year, Texas would have made it as the eighth seed with a 78 and 84 record, so... You, you want to see teams six games under five hundred make the playoffs? I don't. Nope. Nope. Uh, no. I'm, but it, I'm, it's. I, I mean, it increases the chances for the Orioles to make the playoffs. So I guess that's good. Of course. I want to. I, mean, I want to earn it. No handouts. Okay. Yeah. I, I, sure. You want handouts, I'm Josh? You. you want everyone to get a trophy? I, no. I'm, we got, no, we got no, a strawberry no, in the building. Yeah, uh, I I just want the Orioles to get to the playoffs, and right now, if that helps, that helps. Okay, I'm, I'm a coconut, and I want them to earn it. Okay, I don't want us to. I can go with that. I mean, I get what you're saying that if it doesn't, don't make it easier to get in, because I want to earn my way in there. It should be hard because it's not, it's something we want to value. We don't want to get to the point that oh, just getting the playoffs is. Uh, not so good. We want to enjoy the playoffs when we get there. Yeah, like like, like the Wizards, before this whole thing brought, the Wizards had a chance to make the playoffs. And I was like, I don't want them. I'm a Wizards fan. I don't want them to make the playoffs because they're terrible. But are you excited when the Ravens sneak into the playoffs? That's different. I feel like it's harder. To, I mean, what, what's the team breakdown with the NFL? I feel like it's a lot harder to get in the, in the playoffs mm, in the NFL. I don't think is it, it is. over half the teams? I don't think it's over half the teams. It's not over the half, but how much is this? 
16-team playoff also lead into Major League Baseball wants to expand. And before this coronavirus shutdown, they were their fan base was growing, and they were getting to the point of looking to other locations to not move the Orioles, but to, but have new teams. Uh, we're not going to Memphis, so <laughs> Nashville, Nashville, um, or uh, Portland. I think was one. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I would say first expand the league, and then you can talk about expand the playoffs. But isn't or do it at the same time? Isn't ten to sixteen is a pretty big jump? Yeah, that is a it's big not like jump. Twelve, like maybe twelve, we could talk. Well. What would 12 do? It's all about how you can line it up. So I guess this takes – now, of those 16 game, teams, how many of those are one-game uh, play-ins? Because right. I love the one-game format. Yeah, it will be more – Yeah, they haven't if you, set out a playoff structure yet. But, yeah, I'm sure it would be more one-game play-ins. Like, if you want to go to 16 but and the whole – and, like, two, four of those games are now one-game play-ins, I'm all for that. Right. If you do four one games, then you do jump to those one games, play each other, and you earn your way in. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Because it I'm still all for sounds a little bit bogus after you play 162 games to do that. Yeah, but but that one that's why it comes down to that one game. The one game playoff kind of gets it more like the NFL playoffs, where it's like any Sunday, anything can happen. Yeah. You know, you put your best pitcher up there on the mound and let's see what happens. Throw yeah. Joe Saunders out there and right. let's go. And Joe Saunders, I mean, that's one of the greatest games of all time. Joe Saunders beating Drew Darvish. But but the beauty about baseball is it's not like football in that it's a, it's a marathon. I think that's part of the beauty of baseball. And the one-time wild card is kind of cool, but I also love, you know, a seven-game series as well. Yeah. But I want to see that and, with the best teams. And you can't get rid of the seven-game series in the World Series because that is magical. Yeah, but that's a lot of – I think this is where we're old men and, and lifelong baseball fans, where your average fan will get a lot more fired up for a one-game loser-go-home than a seven-game series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if I you put the seven-game series at the end with the World Series, then it's like uh, this building momentum up to this huge game of seven, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you want – I mean, it's two different arguments, right? What, what I think is best for, like, the pure sport of baseball or what I think is going to make more money – are two different discussions. Um, but I don't think – I get that it's about money. I get the money argument. But I think it's not only about making money. I think it's about reaching this next generation. And as a baseball fan, I want kids to be excited about baseball. I wish my kids cared about baseball. You're going to make sure Silas cares about baseball. Yeah, he's not going to have a choice. Right. He won't have a choice. My girls don't care. Yeah. Uh, I still hope that one day when they're older, they ca- decide to care and enjoy baseball. And that's where something like these one-game playoffs and more teams in the playoffs, that does get the attention of this younger generation. Yeah. I so, mean, certainly uh, like so, certainly like if, if your team is the eighth seed and makes the playoffs, it'll be exciting for that city. Like certainly like that's that's true. Yeah. And, and what you'll have is you'll have one night for that go-home game where it's packed with bars and well it's the bars are packed with people hopefully assuming we're past all this covid stuff and that's how you get the random young person excited there's a lot of people in Washington DC right now that are huge baseball fans that were not baseball fans a year ago yeah so more playoffs and one game things uh do that, and that's what I think. I hope that's the focus more than money. I hope they're not sitting around about, and it's all about lining their pockets with money, but it's more about let's grow think the of game. the next generation. And I think that's why the DH helps as well. Yeah. I think that bringing the DH, bringing that power that we see in the American League to the National League uh, is about the future of the game, and everyone loves the long ball. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of the DH. I just I think the expanded playoffs is – you know, strawberry generation. Everybody gets a trophy. So, but but I hear what you're saying about growing the games. Like certainly, I think I think we would have said exciting. the same thing when they first introduced the wild card round. Oh, I think I probably did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at so, some point, um, you got to draw the line, right? Like, are you going to just have all yes. the teams make the playoffs? And again, no, <laughs> right? Uh, you know what? If they did it this season, I would be perfectly fine. If we said, "All right, we're all in the playoffs. This is playoffs." Yeah, I right mean, we're, we're close to that, right? Like just a yeah, tournament style. Exactly. We're close to that. Right. Uh, but I think you keep the magic of with 16 teams by these one game 
uh, games because they're so excited and there's so much drama into one game. Josh, won't it be a little bit annoying if, going back to 60-game season, if the Orioles go like, I don't know, 25 and 35. Okay. And either get the AC or just are just outside the, the top 16 teams. Uh-huh. But then we have like a number, I don't know, 12 pick in the draft. Um, won't that be a little bit annoying where let's just not play any games and let's get the number two pick again for next year? As long as they play under 82 games, Major League Baseball can shift around the draft order. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I would like them to just announce we're going with the 2019 draft order. Yeah, that's honestly with this whole season, that's my biggest concern. Um, what draft pick we'll have next year. <laughs> right. But let's, but let's say the Orioles somehow win 28 games and they sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, which is not insane to think. It's a little insane to think. I don't think but, it is. Uh, you have teams for a period of 60 games who play decent baseball. And, I, and if the Orioles wear masks constantly and the Yankees get the coronavirus, that's going to help us out. I mean, you, yeah, you have a couple of teams get wiped out. Uh-huh. Yeah, Chris Davis gets the coronavirus. You just have him go lick, some, lick the bleachers over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. But what I, my point is, if the Orioles sneak in <laughs> with 28 wins, I don't care. I am going to be excited for that one game, and I am going to convince myself that the Orioles are going to win that one game. Yeah, it'd be exciting. So, and then you're going to turn around and be all in on this 16-game playoffs. Yeah, yeah. 16-team playoffs. But the second we get bumped out, I'm going to be mad that we hurt our draft stock. I, I, but again, I don't think it'll hurt the draft stock. As, um, we'll see. I don't know. We'll Who see. knows? We'll see. It's going to be a uh, – do you think it's three weeks? I, I think the three-week spring training is a little ridiculous. Because why aren't these players – doing all this exercise and warming up and working out. And they say it's all about pitchers. Yeah. Why aren't the pitchers in their backyard throwing on their own? Yeah, I saw. I forget like, who it was. Old boy built like a pitcher's mound in his backyard and and is doing that. And it seems yeah. like everyone should do that. Even if you don't every have a pitcher's ball field, mound. Just, every ball field is empty. You can go there yeah. and throw. You can do yeah. this on your own time. Yeah. If you and, need a catcher, call me. I'll come catch for you. I'm not doing anything. No, we see, we see Lamar Jackson – and Antonio Brown out and throwing the ball together. And, and Lamar Jackson and is ready to start the season right now. It's, it's months away from the start of football season. He could go right now, week one. Yeah, only thing that can take him down is a jet ski. What? I'm not, is that a story? No. I missed. Oh, there's a, vi- there's a slightly scary video of, of Lamar Jackson playing uh, football with his boys on, the, on a beach. And he <laughs> runs in, and crashes into the side of a jet ski and falls over like the a, top. Like a parked jet ski? Yeah, yeah, like a jet ski parked in the, in the, in the water. So he go, kind of flips over the jet ski into the water. Hey, I'm telling you right now, Josh, also speaking of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, we're jumping yeah. a little bit everywhere, but we've we got to get out of, out of here soon. And I just want to get all this in. Um, don't hate me because it's not my decision, but the Ravens are going to sign Antonio Brown. It's I want happen. Antonio Brown. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, Here's the thing, I've Josh. I've convinced myself that I want Antonio Brown with Lamar Jackson. Here's the thing, Josh. And, I will, Antonio yeah. Brown is a clown on Twitter, right? And he was a clown yes. on Twitter. Hey, but not on the field. But, but, but Josh, I want to ask you this. We've had this yeah. whole pandemic thing, people stuck at home with nothing to do but go on Twitter. When was the last time you seen a tweet from Antonio, a clown tweet from Antonio Brown? That's a, you know what? That's a really good point. Well, did you see the good stuff Antonio Brown's doing? Like he, he worked out some of his lawsuit stuff. He's, That's he what I'm saying. Agreed to, he agreed to like community service stuff. He, he's meeting with a counselor. He's fixing himself. But how, you're right. Where no is crazy Antonio tweets. Brown? I know. I know. I'm saying this is. I think this this is showing kind of growth, or someone's in his ear, or someone stole his Twitter password, or something. But whatever it is, um, I, I think this could pave the way for him signing actually with a football team. Where I would not say that during the season when he was tweeting all that clown stuff, he's gone quiet, and you hear nothing but good I, I things. Mean, I, I pulled up, I pulled up Antonio Brown's tweets. Yeah, I haven't pulled them up. I, I just, I, I've never, I haven't seen any of them in the news, so I assume no, he hasn't. I can't find the last stupid tweet he made. 
That's what I'm saying, You're Josh. Right. That's what I'm saying. This He's, he tweeted, he's he remaking tweeted, his image. He tweeted 14 hours ago, and all he said was, time flies. Yeah. June 5th, he said, call God. Uh, June 1st, the struggle gave me balance. See? That's what I'm talking about, Josh. Uh, June 1st, life is a roller coaster. Thank God for the heart he put in me. You reap what you sow. I think he's starting to get it, Josh. I think he's starting to get it. I and think apparently he saw... he's spending a whole lot of time with Deion Sanders. Oh, that's a good role model is... to hang out with. That's a, probably that a similar life trajectory too, right? Like Deion Sanders, he went to the yeah. dark side for a while. He did. I read his, right. back in the day, read his autobiography. That's a good book. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> all right, I'm trying to look. All right, so May 2nd is when he tweeted the, the photo of him photoshopped into a Ravens jersey. Yeah. I, so, but, but even that, is that a clown tweet? I don't, I don't know if that's a clown tweet. I don't know. You got me going way down a path now where here's a I'm interview saying. where Deion Sanders is talking to Antonio Brown. I'm telling you, Josh, he's cleaning up, he's uh, and, cleaning and up his image. Relating. His cousin plays for the Ravens. He's cleaning up his image, working out with Lamar Jackson. It, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, it says Sanders is glad Antonio Brown never got to the point that Deion Sanders did. Uh, about, you know, when he tried to run his car off the yeah, road. Yeah, he was up dead. Himself. Yeah. Yeah, and he commends him for getting help. And Deion Sanders is trying to help Antonio Brown get back into the NFL. Guess who Deion Sanders has a good relationship with? It was Steve Bashotti and the Ravens. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let me get my 84 jersey out. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was already co- don't I was be shocked already, when it happens. I was already convinced. That I would like Antonio Brown on the football field for the Ravens. Uh, if he's getting all this stuff straightened out, we've. I feel like the Ravens are a good home and a good locker room for that. Um, very interesting. <laughs> I like your move. I thought you were going to bring up the rumors about Kaepernick and how Kaepernick would be the perfect fit for the, not for the Ravens, but like. Cap- like there, there's connections for Kaepernick to come to the Ravens, and he could back up uh, Lamar. But I like this Antonio Brown to the Ravens, yeah. which I I already liked, but now I really like it. Yep, I th- I think and, we're seeing a change, Antonio Brown. Yeah, when do the Ravens announce that they've signed Antonio Brown? I think this could be a right before mini camp um, type of deal. When's mini camp? I don't know. When when do these workouts start in? They start in August. Uh, I don't know. It's all changed because of COVID. Right. Uh, let's see. NFL mini camps. Um, let's see. 2020 important dates according to operations.nfl. June 15th is when they withdraw qualifying offers for restricted free agents. July 15th is I don't know another announcement clubs are permitted to open the preseason training camps for rookies in mid-July yeah I think it's gonna be after that yeah um yeah so I, think, I don't know I think yeah look for end of July uh this deal to you, go down. you think they they you think they start talking to him and tell him like look we'll sign you but you gotta stay clean stay off Twitter prove us over the summer that you can do this and and you'll be a Raven. Well, I think that's what they're doing. Like, I think they're watching him now. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't even think a conversation maybe has not taken place. Like maybe through Deion Sanders, but this is not just about the Ravens. This is about if you want to play in the NFL, like you got to clean up your act. Yes. And yeah. And and, and usually that's... like crazy people. I feel like Tony Brown's crazy. Like it's hard for them. I feel like to to change like that overnight. Like, but maybe he's seen the light and it really is changing. Yeah, I agree. But do you think the Ravens? Uh... Kind of let people know that – let Antonio Brown know that uh, they'd be interested. Like, don't sign with the first team that calls you. We're, we're, we're interested. You think they say, hey, Lamar, let them know uh, we're interested. Yeah. yeah. Because the I Ravens know. have purposely for months now avoided answering the question. Yeah. And, and we have still a very real deed at wide receiver. Totally. And we're not a place where veterans necessarily want to come to. Right. Like, you're not getting the ball a lot. And that is a concern with Antonio Brown, right? Like, I think Antonio Brown's going to expect the football. 
But you got to know Lamar Jackson's not going to throw you the football very much because he just doesn't throw the football that much. But again, Lamar Jackson is the kind of guy who could never throw you the football, but still get you on board because he's Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, just something, yeah. just something to watch, something to keep an eye on. Let's Antonio see. Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown hinted on Friday that he could soon be joining a fourth team. But he didn't say where. Yeah, I think I think Antonio Brown probably wants the Ravens more than the Ravens want Antonio Brown. But but we'll see. We will see. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, I do care. It'd be nice for the Ravens. I'd love. I'd love. Have we ever had a receiver like Antonio Brown? As far as a guy that you can count on that catches ever catches whatever you throw him. I mean, I loved and I put Anquan Bolden up there. Anquan Bolden is that guy. I guess. I mean, Steve Smith was good. Um, Right, but those had some tight ends. Yeah, but those are all those are all different kind of players. Yeah, wouldn't you love on the football field for Marquise Brown to learn to play like Antonio Brown? Oh, I would love for forget uh, the all field stuff. Brown and Brown to be lined up, you know, side by side of one another or on opposite sides of one another. I, I would love that. I think that'd be great. I think that would, you know, yeah, it would take our team to the next level. And that's I agree. I mean, our defense is gonna be great. We need an offense that can keep up with the Chiefs, and I, I think that will help us get closer to because it's the, the NFL is going to be AFC Chiefs Ravens. That's what we're talking about here, Chiefs Ravens. Everyone else yeah. is playing for third. It's Chiefs Ravens, um, and I think right. Antonio Brown gives us a better chance to beat the Chiefs. All right, all right, let's get out I'm of here. All with you. Yeah, let's get out of here. A little bonus Ravens talk there at the end. Go ahead and check us out on uh, iTunes. Subscribe. Write us a five-star review. Tell us how much you love the show. Um, yeah. Check out. Go over to Manscaped. Manscaped. Use the code BIRDLAM. Use the code. And support us, and your balls will thank you. There you go. We'll thank you as well. There you go. Everybody will thank you. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show at Section336Show. You can follow me at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It They take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans... Bye, fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. AT&T Fiber presents a straightforward moment. Game on, baby. This looks great. Yeah, streaming is amazing with AT&T Fiber. Must be nice being a gagillionaire. Yup, and the straightforward pricing has made me want to be straightforward with you. I'd much rather stream ice dancing. Is that Alma Hansen and Bjorn Anders? Uh. Straightforward is better. No equipment fees, no data caps, no price increase at 12 months. Live like a gagillionaire with AT&T Fiber. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.